So what we want to do today is just clarify a few terms and make sure we know what these terms mean because they have some implications in our journey with God and how we're going to relate to Him and see His voice for us through Scripture. So I have four terms I want to throw at you today, and each one has a real specific definition that it will be helpful if we know. Here's the first term I want to throw at you. Special revelation. Special revelation. Now, you may have heard this term uh, uh, combined with another one, general revelation. Uh, and what those terms are getting at is how do we even know anything about God? And there's a lot of ways to know things about God. Uh, like, for instance, creation is one way we know things about God. Just being alive in, like, in the universe that He created can reveal to us some attributes of God. Uh, we, we also can learn things about God from just uh, having a soul or a spirit. Like, we carry around this inner sense of there's right things and wrong things, or there's love and there's hate, and there's some things that we all have in common about how we see the world, and that reveals something about God. But like that sort of stuff is very general in what it reveals. It, we can kind of piece some ideas together, but it's not very specific. The Bible, on the other hand, is very specific. It is a special revelation of God. And He's going to tell us stuff. He is going to speak for Himself. He's going to tell us what He thinks. He's going to tell us how He feels about us, that He loves us. He's going to tell us His plan for salvation. He's going to reveal the nature of Jesus' character to us. And that is why, apart from Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the Bible is the most concrete way that God reveals Himself to us. Uh, the, the term we have for that is special revelation. It's just a specific, concrete revelation about God that He tells us things that are true about Himself and what He thinks. And so part of the reverence that we have for Scripture, it's not like any other book because it is a type of revelation unlike any other revelation that we have. And so that means we have to study it. We have to get into it because it is specific and special revelation of God. So that's a good place to start. So there's three other words I want to throw out there. The next term that I think is really important for us to understand is the term inspired. We would say Scripture is inspired. What that word literally means is God breathed, like He breathed it out to us. That comes out of 2 Timothy 3.16. Paul says, all Scripture is God breathed. So this comes right out of the pages of Scripture. Now, when Paul says that, all Scripture is God breathed or it's inspired, what he's not saying is that God himself wrote it. Right? Like, he's not saying that, like, up in heaven, God wrote it down and then it descended to us like on golden tablets or something like that. No. Uh, human hands wrote every last word of the Bible. Uh, he's also not saying this, and sometimes we get confused, that God, like, used the human hands like a Ouija board, like he was just, like, moving them the way that he wanted them to, to move, and uh, write, they were writing things that they didn't even know they were writing, but somehow God was writing through them. Well, it, it's a little bit more beautiful than that. What he is describing is this. The Spirit of God worked through the minds and the hands of humans to shape what went on the page. So certainly there was a human mind involved, but God's mind was also involved to shape that. The idea of inspiration is that God worked in concert with about 35 humans who make up the authorship of Scripture. 
Now, this is a really important concept for us as believers. Um, you know, we're not the only faith, faith that has holy scriptures. If there are other faiths that also have scriptures that they refer to, but we are the only faith that believes that scripture came to us like this. So, real central to the Christian faith is this idea that God works in and through humans. And that really is unique, and it's something that sets scripture apart from all other holy manuscripts of all the different religions of the world. It is inspired by God. Here's a third uh, word. Actually, this is going to be a pair of words that we need to know about Scripture. It is inerrant or infallible. Now, I'm going to use those two words interchangeably. There are some people who debate about uh, do those mean different things. I would say it, it's close enough, so I'm going to use those two things interchangeably. What it means, inerrant or infallible, is that the Bible is entirely true and trustworthy. But it is without error. It's not based so much on a verse, but it really is based on the character of God. If God is the one who inspired it, then we would trust that it has the attribute of God's truthfulness, uh, that God does not lie to us, and so it is inerrant and infallible because He is behind it. Basically, the idea is that He has preserved for us a true and trustworthy account of His work and of His revelation. Now, there's two really important caveats, though, about this. And this is sometimes where we can get confused about these words. Uh, the first is this. It is true and trustworthy, or it is inerrant in its original languages. That's a really important detail. So, our English Bible that we read every day is uh, translated from some ancient manuscripts. Like, we understand that the manuscripts were not written in English. One of the real fascinating things, though, about those manuscripts is just the sheer volume of manuscripts that we have related to the Bible, especially the New Testament. And what's also fascinating is how close those manuscripts are to the original writings of them. Um, so an author would, like, write something down, like Paul the Apostle would write something down, they would give it to someone and they would read it, and then they would uh, make copies of it and they would send it out to different places so other people could read it. And there's lots of copies that have been sent out um, to different cities, and history has preserved for us many of these copies, like a huge amount of copies, and we can compare copy to copy, and when we see that multiple copies are, have the exact same words written down, then that gives us a lot of confidence that these copies are actually true to the original that Paul wrote down. That's actually how all ancient literature is assessed, like how many copies do you have and how close are those copies to the original date, because they didn't have printing presses or mass-produced books, so it was all handwritten copies. So how many copies and how close they are to the original date of writing. The Bible is head and shoulders above every other ancient book, like, ever. And if you ever get into it, you can study it for yourself, but there are so many uh, ancient texts that just are, 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 are way below the Bible in terms of volume of copies and accuracy of copies and closeness to the original date. So, uh, what the concept of inerrancy means at its core is that those original texts are without error. There is an accuracy to them. And that despite years of people, highly motivated people, trying to attack the validity of Scripture, no real substantial attack has ever held up. It has held up to all the scrutiny our scripture has. It's an incredibly trustworthy document. And that's why we say it's inerrant and infallible. Here's another caveat, though. 
It's contrastly or inerrant and infallible about what it intends to reveal. This is also important. Sometimes we can make this mistake. Uh, the Bible doesn't, of course, intend to speak about everything. I, like, I wish it did. I wish it was like just a, a source book of all knowledge that we would ever want to know. But it doesn't intend to speak on every possible issue. So the concept of the Bible's inerrancy or its infallibility doesn't mean that all truth is in Scripture. It just means that everything in Scripture is true and reliable. Now, certainly the Bible tells us a lot, and it tells us enough to guide us in life, and most importantly, it tells us enough to guide us to Jesus, uh, who is the only source of life, right? Uh, but it's not speaking to guide us to the answer for every question that we may know or may have. Um, so sometimes the, the Bible is going to be silent on it. Part of us respecting the inerrancy and the infallibility of the Bible is to let it be silent when it's silent, but to let it speak in a true and trustworthy way about all things that it seeks to speak on um, and what it seeks to reveal. Let me hit you with one last word, and then we'll bring these together. The last word we need to understand is the Bible is authoritative. Authoritative. Meaning that God reveals what He wants for us through Scripture, and that that carries some authority in our lives. What we believe about authority is that ultimately all all authority is God's authority, so we humans don't carry innate authority on our own. God carries all authority, but He imbues us, or we have derived authority at times from God, like we have authority over creation that He gives to Adam and Eve back in Genesis uh, chapter 2. But uh, we recognize this also, that not only do we at times have derived authority from God, but Scripture also has derived authority from God. Uh, Because God orchestrated the creation of it, we trust that it is to guide our lives, and it has authority to do so. And I think that's especially true that it has authority to truly reveal Jesus Christ to us, which is the most important thing Scripture does. So if someone says, you know, I think Jesus is kind of like this, um, they can say that, but what we would do is we would look to Scripture to see if that's true. And then we would trust what Scripture says more than what we would think or more than just what any other person would say, that Scripture has an authoritative revelation of Jesus Christ for us. Now, one of the most beautiful concepts of Christianity, and I think it's, at times we can resist this and think it's not a good idea, but it really is a beautiful concept, that we are not complete within ourselves. Now, that feels maybe a little insulting, but this idea that's central to Christianity is that we need something outside of ourselves to shape our lives and give us some direction. Uh, that, that authority ultimately is Jesus, but we're trusting that what's been revealed through Scripture, uh, that, that that is authoritative and it gives us guidance in our life. Um, this concept can feel a little insulting, but I've grown to love it. Uh, like I know on some level all of us uh, were like, well, I want to be in charge. I, I at least want to be in charge of my life. Um, but I've noticed this as I've gotten older. I, I've become uh, a little bit more suspicious of me being in charge. I've realized that I'm not always up to the task, even of my own life, to be in charge. And I wish I was, but sometimes there are moments where I'm like, no, this is what I want, this is what I'm going to do, and so I do it. And it ends in heartbreak for me. And I think that's a, a real normal human experience. You're like, 
I want to be in control. And then you're in control, and it doesn't work out. You're like, oh, is there anyone else out there? Here's what we need to understand about the authority of Scripture. How good is our God, and how much He must love us that He says, listen, I know you want to be in charge of your life, but I also know you're not totally up to the top, so I'm going to give you something, something that's going to last. I'm going to give you some of my words that can guide you. And if you can come back to it again and again and again, they'll last forever. And when you turn to them, you're going to learn more of who you were created to be. You're going to have some clarity. It's going to fix some of your misunderstandings about yourself and about your purpose in life. And you're going to discover who I've created you to be through the pages of the Bible. He's given us His help through Scripture. And that's what authority means. That that help carries His authority. And it is a beautiful thing, and it is really grace to us. And sometimes we want to be in charge, but when we realize there is a limit to what we can do in our lives and what we can create, it's natural to turn to something else, and that's where the Bible can step in and say, hey, there's some guidance here, and that guidance has authority. So, here's the four words. The Bible is special revelation. It is in Inspired or God breathed, it is inerrant or infallible, meaning true and trustworthy, and it is authoritative, meaning it carries authority to guide us in our lives. Those are some pretty important qualities of the text and some pretty important concepts to understand. Here's the trick a lot of times when we use these four words, uh, we are not talking about the Bible, but we're talking about our interpretation of the Bible, and we're trying to give it authority, or say, my interpretation is true and trustworthy, and that's where we can sometimes get in trouble. The Bible is all of these things. It's all four of those things. We are none of these things, right? None of those things are true of us. And so consequently, our interpretation of the Bible is not any of these things. Uh, that's why the most important quality that we can bring to the text that has all of these qualities is humility. We have to engage with it with the humility that is appropriate to who we are. We have to work hard to understand it. We have to constantly work to set down our biases, to set down our assumptions, to set down our misconceptions, to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us, even if it's hard to hear to dialogue with others and to hear their perspective on it, because that can be valuable. Uh, or we're trying to hear God's voice through the text. And because the text is all of these things, it is worthy of our humble diligence as we study. And that's what you're doing by pressing into this Revival series. Uh, I want to encourage you to keep doing that. Keep using humble diligence to press in to the Word of God so that he can guide you in your life. Thanks for being with us.